You're listening to Thoughtful Peapods, the musical podcast that embraces human vulnerability to inspire and be inspired. I'm your host, Kelsey McCarthy. I'll be taking you on a journey through my life through a self-reflection of my life experiences in relation to music that resonates with me. In today's podcast, I will talk to you about love, my experiences with love, the pain love brings, and the sweet, sweet satisfaction that loving myself and loving the right person brings as well. I will also be playing nuggets of songs that I connect with on a deeply intense level. Have a listen. I'm getting old and I need something to rely on. So tell me when you're gonna let me in. I'm getting tired and I need somewhere to when I was 17, I met a guy. I didn't know that over time, I would develop deep feelings for him. Let's call him Andrew. He was a year older than me, and he told me he liked me and wanted to meet me and go on a date, but his motives were purely physical. I had next to no self-esteem at this time, and I thought, it wasn't his fault that he was too emotionally scarred to commit to me. He had told me stories of manipulative girlfriends in his past who treated him badly, and I also helped him see he had depression. I stopped talking to him completely at one point because his actions, when depressed, had hurt me too much. Saying goodbye to him was so hard, but over the next few years, he and I would both understand why I did it. He needed help, and I couldn't help him when he didn't want to try to help himself. What I didn't know then, that I know now, is that if someone truly cares about you, they will make time for you and a place for you in their life, no matter how busy they may seem. A couple years later, Andrew told me, I'm getting older and I'm realizing I can't keep running around like this, or something to that effect. He was confessing to me he cared and had cared about me all this time. He wanted to settle down in a healthy relationship with me. And I told him it was too late, and so was he. I was 19 now, and I was already with someone. His name is Mickey Finn, for the purpose of this podcast. The love of my life, Joey. He had always told me he felt older than other guys his age. This was sophomore year of high school. We were both barely 16. Rather than kiss a bunch of girls and make mistakes along the way, he said he always wanted something more something deeper and long-lasting. In the words of the writers of Somewhere Only We Know, he felt he was old and needed something to rely on. I believe he was looking for true love from the start. And although he didn't know it and wouldn't know it for six years, that something was me. When I was a high school sophomore, I had the biggest crush humanly possible on Joey. We are going on one year now, incredibly strong together, both safe and secure, but this was back in my super awkward high school years. His too. 
I was so in love with him, and he wasn't ready to commit because he felt lost himself. He vowed never to date in high school after some bad experiences. He never opened up to me about this until we did date plenty of years later. So I had no idea why he wouldn't tell me yes or no, if he liked me that way or not. I even asked, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like me? He just told me, I don't know, I honestly can't answer that. I thought he was leading me on. He ignored me a long time on messaging apps. I'd see his green dot on Facebook Messenger, meaning he was online and active, and I would just stare at it. I felt like Gatsby, with nothing to do but gaze at that green light on the dock where his love Daisy lived knowing he could never have a chance to talk to her about how he really felt, because she was married. For me, in my case, I couldn't really connect with him and express all my feelings to him, because he wasn't ready. Sometimes I would archive his contact, so I didn't have to see his name in the list of Facebook people. It hurt too much. And he ignored my messages, like I said. Granted, I was annoying and way too persistent sometimes and I had freaked him out, and he didn't quite think he was ready to try out love again. I even toyed with asking him if he knew if he was emotionally unavailable too. He didn't like that very much. I was obsessed with Joey, and I thought all he would be was a hopeless daydream, a fantasy I could never actually turn into real life. Lo and behold, though, five years later, when I had a messy breakup with my long-distance boyfriend, Mickey Finn, Joey drove an hour to see me all the way at Marquette University, when it was almost midnight. It was the first time he'd ever done this, and we had hardly talked and only hung out a couple of times before in that same year. I'm here with Joey in the studio today. That's his pseudonym. He'd like to remain anonymous. Joey, what was it like driving up to me when I was grieving over my breakup? I was only a friend to you. You even drove us to Pizza Shuttle, the only place that was open around 1 in the morning. What was going through your mind, and why'd you go out on limb like this? The reason I drove up to see you that night was because I felt like I had missed something. I had missed my chance to be with the woman who really does care about me. I was always afraid that we would end up in different places, but we actually only ended up an hour away from each other when I worked at the bank and you went to school in Milwaukee. Um, so I decided to take a chance and drive up, uh, comfort you, um, but also see how you were doing and see if there was a way to get back into your life. I'm the
When things were at a point when they got so crazy I felt like I was drowning, I took a step back to see the reality of what my unhealthy relationships to others and myself were doing to me. It helped me breathe again. Mickey Finn was an interesting lad. I had met him online, and this caused my mom and sister to be way too overprotective of me, when all I wanted to do was break free, be fully independent, and be with my boyfriend who lived in Seattle, Washington. I got into so many screaming matches and crying fits with my family because they didn't think he was good enough for me or right for me. What I didn't know is that he was a manipulative and harmful person altogether, verbally abusive and also depressed. The horrible discord with my family and the verbal abuse I suffered resulted in me breaking up with him. A few months before we were going to Disney World together and he was even going to possibly propose to me. I thought I had just fallen out of love and the family fights were too much. But he had fed the insecurities I felt saying things like, Don't burp out loud, it's not ladylike and it's gross. And when we broke up, he said, I hope your family doesn't ruin your next relationship. And, you always chase after what you don't have, and when you have it, it's never enough. That hurt. When I had only thought I had fallen out of love, it was a confusing and painful time for me. This relates to Swift's lyrics. I was drowning, and no one was there to save me, and I felt so alone. I took time for myself to relax. I had to. It was my wake-up call. I learned to be happy by myself and breathe again. When I had taken the proper steps of self-care and self-love, after feeling so destroyed and defeated, that's when I could finally breathe again. Secretly I have had my fair share of terrible, god-awful relationships and naivety and self-loathing that made me hate myself and love. But when I saw love for what it truly is, in its purest form, unconditional and radiating from within myself and others, I was able to let real love into my life, and I had found my double rainbow. Joey. Joey, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned from our relationship together and our thoroughly interesting past? If there's one thing that I've learned from our relationship is that you shouldn't be afraid to try or that you shouldn't wait. I waited too long to realize that I loved you. Uh, it took you being with somebody else and me being in a way jealous to realize that maybe I should have given you a chance in high school. So because of that, if an opportunity presents itself, then you should go for it. And who knows, you might just gain the love of your life taking that risk. I agree with you on that. We try to take every day slowly with optimism, patience, and the most open communication humanly possible. If anything about our relationship doesn't feel right, we tell each other as soon as we can. We have shared the most intimate and dark and crazy details of our lives with each other. 
and he takes all those insecurities I have that make me feel empty and he fills them up with love and compassion and devotion. I also embrace and love him for all of his vulnerabilities. They make him such a beautiful person inside and out. And I'm so grateful I got to help him see this for himself. Just as he helped me see my beautiful vulnerabilities. I am so thankful for everything and everything I've endured. I love him. And I never knew how breathtaking life could be until he became a part of it. This has been episode three of Thoughtful Peapods. If you are looking to make a difference, tell your story or listen to someone else's. Everyone has a story and every person tells it differently. You can gain so much insight about the world around you by listening to the stories of everyone you meet. We all bring new and diverse perspectives to the table. And storytelling is one of the ways we can continue to learn, grow, and connect with each other as human beings. I'm Kelsey McCarthy. This was Thoughtful Peapods. Have a thoughtful day.